Thanks for listening to the Seeds Church Podcast. If you're in Middle Tennessee, we'd love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out SeedsChurchTN.com for times and locations. Now, here's our lead pastor, J.D. Swilly. We were on vacation last week, and uh, we were on a cruise with our family. And one of our days at sea, they had this belly flop competition. So they had all these guys um, getting up there and belly flopping in the pool. And hundreds and hundreds of people on the ship were gathered around the, the, the pool on, on the 11th deck there. And they had the music pumping, and they had these video cameras and a giant LED screen so you could see the belly flops with you know, optimal view. And they, had, they would replay instant replays, and everybody would vote. And they, you know, it, was just a bit, it was a lot of energy. It was a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. I mean, really, the energy level was out the roof. And then I thought to myself, man, I sure would like to see this amount of energy level in the church. And today, I think we did. I think we did. I, I prayed. I was having a good old time at that belly flop competition, watching those guys put their bodies on the line, hurting themselves for my entertainment. But when I had that realization, I said, Lord, I want this kind of energy, this energy, this excitement about you, Jesus, in the church. I think we had that this morning, praise God. You know, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, 33, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added unto you. You know, we're in the series, New Year, New You, and, and, and I'm going to just kind of go through my notes however I see fit, because we have just a few minutes left together. But Jesus didn't say, you know, just be better. He said, you need to be new. That's what he told Nicodemus. He says, you must be born again. And being born again is not about being better. It's about being new. And that's what God wants for you. And I hope that's what the excitement that you have for this year, 2019. Some of you might be coming to this year going, well, why, why is this year going to be different than any other year? But let me tell you, your attitude and your approach makes a difference. Yeah. You know where I learned that from? I learned that from my kids. I got three kids. And when they were little, how many of you in here are parents? Okay, so you guys are all going to identify with this. You know this. You put a new vegetable in front of your kid, and it, and it looks different, and it, and it smells different. It's a different shape than they've ever seen. And before they've even tasted it, before they've even put it on their palate, they have already made up their mind, I don't like this. Right? So that, that's what happens oftentimes. And, and so your attitude and your approach matters. When you're going into this year, don't, don't make up your mind, well, this year's not going to be any different than the other year. No, make this year saying, God, I want this to be the best year ever. And you know how it can be? Because it, it can be the best year ever if it's your best year spiritually. If, if, if today or if, if this year is your best year spiritually, it's inevitable that this year will be your best year ever. I want to take a look real quick at the story of Hezekiah to help us to, to kind of walk through, we got 352 days left in this year. So it's pretty, pretty fresh. We're 13 days into 2019, two, uh, 352 days ahead of us. Let's learn some things here from Hezekiah's example as we walk through the rest of this year and we have a good attitude and a good approach because our attitude and approach makes a difference of saying yes to what God wants to do. He Hezekiah... Um, he began his reign over Judah, the northern kingdom of Israel, uh, about 715 BC. And his dad was Ahaz. And Ahaz was a wicked, wicked king. 
Ahaz barred the doors to the temple, and, and he just made the temple, the God's temple, off limits. You can't go there. You can't go there to worship. But he didn't stop there. He, he uh, erected idols to false gods, and he encouraged his people to worship those idols. Then, he didn't stop there. Then, one of the things that he did is he sacrificed his own son to these false gods. He made his son walk through fire as, as, a, as a cleansing ceremony of something like that to these false gods. Wicked, wicked king. He brought all kinds of trouble to Israel during his reign. All kinds of trouble. Well, Ahaz ended up dying an early death. And now it's Hezekiah's time to reign. He became king. And if we read through this account, we see it's pretty clear that Hezekiah was fed up with the way that the kingdom was going. He wasn't having it. And maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you're just kind of fed up with how things are going in your life. You're ready for a new start. You're, you're ready to get back on a, on a new path of some kind on the right track. That's probably how Hezekiah was feeling. And, and so let's look here in, in 2 Chronicles chapter 29, and let's look to see what happens right at the very beginning of his reign. In verse 3, it says, In the first year of his reign in the first month, I like that because we're in the first month of this year right now. He says, Hezekiah, he didn't wait to, to get settled in and, and learn the ropes of what it, what it meant to be the king, to be the guy in charge, to be the head honcho. No, he immediately started ma- making some changes. He's like, hey, everybody, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to seek God. And he opened the doors of the house of the Lord and repaired them. And you know what? It took 16 days to do this. It took 16 days to clean up the temple and clear out all the idols. And during this time, God's temple uh, the, the, the temple is where God's presence was. And, and if you wanted to be near to God, then you had to be near the temple because that's where the presence of God was. But since Jesus came and Jesus has fulfilled the law, praise God, that God's presence no longer is, is cooped up in the Ark of the Covenant. God's presence is no longer cooped up in the Holy of Holies. God's presence is now in another temple. He's in living temples and that's you and that's me. We are carriers of the presence of God praise God. And this is what we're doing today. We're opening up the doors of the temple. We're saying, God, whatever it is that you want to do this year, do it. God, whatever you want to do this year, you tell me, and I make the commitment now. I'm going to say yes. Maybe you're new to church. Maybe you're back and you had, you, you've been gone for a long time. Maybe you walk in here and maybe that's just even, it's a little uncomfortable. This this is a different environment. You're with people that you're not familiar with or you haven't seen in a while possibly. Or maybe you've been here for a while and you've just really not opened up yourself to the family here, opened yourself up to the community. Maybe you've not even fully opened up yourself to God. I'm glad that you've been coming. I'm glad that you're here. But now it's time to open up the doors of the temple. You are a temple. You're a living temple is what Paul says. And it's time to open up the doors. Look what happens here in verse 4. He brought in the priests and the Levites, and he gathered them into the square on the east. Then he said, listen to me, O Levites. Consecrate yourselves now and consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers. What does that word consecrate mean? It means to devote yourself, to devote something to God's purposes. That's what it means to consecrate. And so that's what we're doing right here. 
at the very beginning of this year. God, we are consecrating ourselves. We are devoting ourselves. Everything that I am, God, everything that I have, God, all of my resources, everything that's available to me, all my time, all my talents, all my treasures, all my affections and desires, God, I consecrate them to you for you to use them for your purposes. That's what we're doing right here at the beginning of this year. And you know what? And Hezekiah doesn't just stop at consecration. He takes it a step further here. Look at the rest of his instructions. He says, consecrate the house of the Lord, the God of your fathers. And then I love this because this totally perfectly flows and coincides to what we just prophetically sing, sang. And, and our worship leaders had no idea that this scripture was gonna be coming up in the sermon. But it says this, carry the uncleanness out of the holy place. Carry the uncleanness out of the holy place. Now, if that's not God confirming what happened this morning, I don't know what is. We, we didn't sit around and have a discussion about this scripture this morning. So I'm over here playing guitar, and they're over here singing, God's cleaning out our closet, and I'm just grinning on the inside because God, it's confirmation that he's doing something in your life today. And what is the holy place? Today, the holy place is you because you're the living temple. So the first part is consecrating, but the second part is we're removing things out of our lives that are, that are doing us damage. I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what, that, what your unhealthy habits are in your life. Maybe it's just kind of mindlessly surfing the internet. I don't know. Maybe it's the amount of time that you spend on social media. Maybe it's the, the kind of media that you're feeding on. Maybe you're feeding on unholy things, the amount of things that you're feeding on. It could be all kinds of things. Maybe it's shopping. Maybe it's the amount of time that you, 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 you spend in the, in the tree stand. I don't know. It could be something that's, that's not inherently evil. It could be something that's just, well, there, what's wrong with going hunting? There's nothing wrong with going hunting. But where is that, in, where is that as a priority in your life? Right. Or it could be something that is absolutely unholy and ungodly. Maybe it's something that's out of balance. Maybe it's something that's ungodly, but it's time. Now, at this season of the year, at the very beginning of the year, let's do some evaluation and let's clean out our closets. Whenever you, you seek God and you say, God, I want what it is that you want. God, I want you to do whatever it is that you want to do in me and through me this year. He is going to open your, up your eyes to some things. He's going to open up your eyes to th some things that you need to get rid of some things that are uncleanness that is happening in the holy place, things that are holding you back from all of what God wants to, to do in your life, all of who God has called you to be in your life. So right now is a good season for that. Some of us, some of us, we're carrying things that are not, we're not under our control. It wasn't our fault that these unclean things are in our lives. We're carrying things that have happened to us, some of us things that we had no control over. And that's, that's what Hezekiah says here. Look here in verse six. He says, for our fathers have been unfaithful and have done evil in the sight of our Lord, our God, and have forsaken him and turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord and have turned their backs. So Hezekiah is saying, hey, look, there's some things that have happened in the past and we're not going to just gloss over them. We're not just going to pretend like they didn't happen. Well, we don't talk about that stuff around here. You know, we don't talk about that. We just do the best we can to, to move on and get on with life and go on for. Hezekiah is saying, no, we're going to deal with these things God's way. Some of us, we're living with scars. We're living with wounds that are just death to us. And you're just carrying around this baggage and you're in bondage to these things. 
They're separating you from the people that you love. You're afraid to face those things and address that stuff. But for God to do everything that he wants to do in your life and through your life, those things have got to be addressed and they've got to be surrendered to the lordship of Jesus. You're going to find freedom. That's God's plan for your life. It's for you not to have to go through your everyday life carrying these heavy weights and baggage, but God's plan for your life is to find freedom. And you know where I find that we find freedom more often than any other place? It's within Jesus-centered relationships. In the middle of Jesus-centered relationships is often God uses our relationships to help each other walk through freedom. We talk about this all the time, how your community matters. The soil in which you plant your life matters. Some of you, you, you've been resistant to get involved into a city group over the the, the first semester that we opened them in the fall. But maybe Holy Spirit is saying, you need to be involved in the city group. God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, I say yes to. If if that's going, getting involved in being in the middle of Jesus-centered relationships so that Holy Spirit can help you find freedom through those relationships, you need to do it. Well, after Hezekiah starts bringing everything into alignment with God's heart and God's way of doing things, if we fast forward to the next chapter, we see some good results here. Second Chronicles chapter 30, verse 12, it says, The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart. Because this is one of my prayers for seeds this year, that we would be of one heart. Acts chapter 4 talks about the early church. It talks about how they, they were all of one heart and one mind. There was a special unity. There was a special oneness where God was working in and through everyone, not just individually, but collectively. That's what happened to the early church. That's what happened here with the people of Judah under Hezekiah's reign. They were in one heart. I love the way the NIV puts it. The NIV says this, Also in Judah, the hand of God was on the people to give them unity of mind to carry out what the king and his officials had ordered. How did all this take place? How did this unity happen? How did this one heart and this oneness come to be? It happened because they were following the word of the Lord. God wants to do something amazing in our church. God wants to do something amazing in your life, in us and through us, individually and collectively. And one of the ways that he wants to work in us and through us, and one of the ways we can say yes to the oneness, yes to the unity, Yes to the one heart, yes to the one direction. It's, it's just saying, yes, God, we're going to be in unity. Unity. If we want to unlock unity among us, if we want God to do something great in our midst, then we've got to understand that unity follows humility. Everybody say that with me. Unity follows humility. Unity is not going to happen just because we get around a campfire, grab hands, and sing kumbaya. What unity looks like is, is, is humility. It's when we bow our knees to the lordship of Jesus and we follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Traditionally, we think about humility like, oh, shucks. You know, like, I, I don't want to be seen. I'll just stay in the background. I don't need any credit for anything, right? Traditionally, that's what we think about humility. But biblical humility is defined by submission. Humility is submission, And here's what submission looks like. Holy Spirit, you be in charge. Holy Spirit, I'm going to follow you. Humility is submission. 
And if we want to see God work in us, and if we want to see the oneness within us, if we want unity within Seed Church and with our homes, it's only going to come through submission. Each of us has to make the decision to say to Jesus, whatever you want to do in me this year, God, do it. You guys know what this is right here? Can you see what that is? It's a tuning fork. Aaron showed me this really cool thing where he had the, the seeds mug. I don't know where it went. But you don't have to get it, Russell. But we banged the, the tuning fork, and then we put it up against the seed mug, the seeds mug, and it was louder. It was really cool. I don't know if you guys can hear this. I don't know. I can hear it. But anyway, okay, it's really cool. Okay, this is like another sound test. Okay, cool. It was muted. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't. A tuning fork is used to tune musical instruments, specifically piano, right? Uh, a few months ago, uh, a friend of ours, so we have a piano in our home. A few months ago, a friend of ours who's a professional uh, piano tuner says, hey, can I come tune your piano for you? And I'm like, heck yeah, you can come tune our piano for free. Yeah, <laughs> come on. So he comes to our house and he opens up uh, his, his bag of tools. And in there, his bag there, there's some special wrenches. But then there's also these, these tuning forks for him to tune the piano. You know what he didn't bring with him? He didn't bring another piano. You don't, you don't tune a piano to another piano. You tune a piano to a universal standard into which all other pianos much, must bow and be in submission to. See, th this is an instrument right here that every piano in the entire world can be tuned to. If I try to tune a piano to another piano, then what happens if that piano that I'm tuning to is out of tune, even slightly? Then I've got two out-of-tune pianos. But when we submit to the standard, to the thing that's ruling, then we can have every single piano in the entire world be in tune, be in unison, be in harmony with one another. You see how this works? Listen. 350 days, 352 days ahead of us. Unity follows humility. Humility is submission to a force or a standard that is greater than you. We've got these 352 days in front of us in 2019. The attitude and the approach that we need to take is like, no, I don't eat asparagus. No, I don't want broccoli. No, I don't want cauliflower or cabbage. You haven't even tasted it yet. Your attitude and approach is, yes, God, whatever it is that you put in front of me, that's what I want. That's submission. And that submission is humility. And that humility will bring unity. And when we're in one heart and one mind, God can do something with the people that are in one heart and one mind. As we walk in the next few days and weeks and months, let our anthem just be, God, whatever it is that you want to do, that's what I want. You know, God will speak to you. It might not be through an audible voice. You might not have like, you know, light shine down from heaven. But God will start speaking to you through your thoughts, through the desires of your heart. They'll start being a knowing on the inside of you, things that you might need to start doing and things that you might need to start letting go of. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you when you say, yes, God, I want what it is that you want. He will. He might tell you, go apologize 
You might think, well, I don't owe them apology. They owe me an apology. But Holy Spirit said, go apologize. You better do it. Holy Spirit might say, forgive them. Well, they haven't even even said they were sorry yet. Doesn't matter. Forgive them. Make the decision. I'm going to do whatever it is that you want. He might say, you need to change some, some habits with your sleep or with your diet or with your exercise. Ooh, it got really quiet in here. <laughs> Holy Spirit might say, join a city group. You know, whatever he asks you to do, you can come up with an excuse to not do it. We can always come up with excuses to not do the things that God has called us to do. Moses tried to do that. God said, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Moses had this list of excuses, and I, oh, God, I can't do that because of this, this, and this. But then God told Moses, Moses, what I'm calling you to do, I'm equipping you to do. And then Moses obeyed. And then look what happened. <laughs> Millions of Hebrew slaves were freed because a guy simply said, all right, God, I'm going to put my excuses to the side, and I'm going to say yes. What can God do with your life? If you put the excuses to the side and you just say yes, what can he do in your life this year? Why don't you do this with me? Why don't you just bow your heads right now? Just stand up. Stand up with me. Put, we've, we've done this twice already. Let's do it again. Third time. Third time's a charm, right? Put your arms out in front of you with your palms up because this is a posture right here of surrender. This is a posture right here and an attitude and an approach of going, God, whatever it is that you want, that's what I want. I, I, I've got a short prayer for us to pray together in one heart and in unity right now. So let's put that up on the screen. And uh, let's, just, let's just pray this out loud together. Everybody say this with me. Father, we give you our year like never before. Whatever you ask us to do, give us the boldness, courage, and faith to say yes to you. We commit to submit. We commit to submit. Now, right there in your own words, I just want you to go ahead and and you can whisper it under your breath. You can just quietly say it in your heart and your spirit. But you tell God in your own words right now that you are going to commit to submit because that's the path. Committing to submitting is, is the path to 2019 being the best year ever. That's the path to this year being your best year spiritually, saying, God, I commit to submit. So just tell them in your own words right now. Father, I just pray the Siege Church, God, that we would be of one heart and one mind and unity. We want you to work in us so powerfully, God, that it's undeniable that people from the outside looking in, they're watching to see seeing what you're doing, that, that there's no other excuse that it's just you, God. That's what we want, Jesus. Have your way in our homes, God, in our marriages, in our families, God. Restore broken relationships. Free people from addiction this year. Father, stretch your hand forth to heal us. Work miracles, God, in such a way that, again, we can only step back and say, it's only God, it's only you. There's no other explanation. 
God, give each of us, each and every one of us, God, not just the pastors, not just the spiritual leaders, not just the spiritual gurus, but every single one of us. Jesus, you said, if any of you would be my followers, you'd lay down your life, pick up your cross and follow me. God, if any of us, God, so give each and every one of us strength to commit to submit to do whatever it is that you say. We pray these things, God, confidently in the authority that we have through your son, Jesus. And the people of God said, amen. 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 This is gonna be the best year ever. It's gonna be the best year ever. It's gonna be the best year ever. Make that your attitude. Make that your approach today. No matter what disappointment you've already had in the first 13 days, set that off to the side. You commit to submit, it's going to be the best year ever. And you know what? And we're not talking, I'm not saying that you won't have any more problems. You, commit, listen, you having the best year ever is not contingent upon outward circumstances. It's contingent upon you being intimate and obedient with the Father. And you can do it. Every single one of us can do it. Amen? Hey, if you're here today, and you're not a believer, if you're not a follower of Jesus, the very first part of committing to submit is being a follower of Jesus. And so our prayer team is gonna be over here on the side here as we dismiss the service. And if you would like to pray with somebody today to say, yeah, I wanna be a follower of Jesus, just walk over there to one of my friends in the prayer team and just say, hey, I, I, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. And they'll pray with you and help you get on the, the next, take the next steps that you need to take. It's gonna be a good year. It's going to be a good year. Now, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and for all the ages. And to the people of God said, amen. 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 Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks for listening. Stay connected with us at SeedsChurchTN.com and on social media. Our mission at Seeds Church is to help people discover who God created them to be and equip them to do what He called them to do. One of the easiest ways you can help us accomplish our mission is by simply sharing this podcast. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening. We hope to see you soon.